This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. We help you spend less time selling and more time advising by turning you into a trusted subject matter authority with a growing audience of adoring followers who do the advertising for you. Visit ProudMouth.com to learn more. Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now, here is your host, Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, Jonathan Cutton. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. John Cutton here. Excited to have a repeat offender here, Dr. Not real life, but Dr. Ray Kelly, who is here to share some pearls of wisdom today from Think to Perform. So, Ray, can you say a quick hello to the audience? Hello to the audience. Great to be here, John. Thanks for having me. You're you're such a good rule follower. I love the way I say, can you say hello to the audience? And you say hello to the audience. A- absolutely amazing. So, Ray, thanks for uh for doing this again today. Um, you know, so what what we're gonna chat through a little bit today, for those of you who listened to the last few episodes, a couple of episodes ago, I talked a little bit about how we're using the EOS system, the entrepreneurial operating system inside of Cut and Wealth Management. And Ray is actually helping us to do that. And interestingly enough, Ray and Think to Perform recently had the opportunity to be uh, one of the main sponsors. And maybe, Ray, you could talk a little bit more about that at the EOS conference, I think, down in Orlando. And Ray and I got a, a minute to chat last week, and he was telling me how thrilled he was with the conference and uh, how, how great it was and well done and all the takeaways that he had. So we thought it would be a smart idea to maybe talk a little bit and piggyback on on our last episode and get some takeaways from Ray as to what he was able to learn at the EOS conference. So with that, Ray, maybe you could tell us a little bit, how, how did Think to Perform? What's the involvement? And kind of tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Think to Perform my colleagues at Think to Perform, Doug Lennick, Chuck Wackendorfer, have known Gina Wickman, who's kind of the the founder of EOS. They've known him for 10 plus years. And it's kind of interesting. We've conversed with him back and forth. And in one of his recent books, he he mentioned uh, one of our products, our values cards. And I know, John, you're very aware of the values cards because everyone in your organization uses them. But Gino uses them with all of his clients. And we started looking at the synergies of our businesses and we started to say, let's start doing some things together. And we started uh, at the conference this year as being one of the premium sponsors, which allowed us to do a lot of different things, including I had an opportunity to speak at the conference and Doug and Chuck also got to speak along with my partner, uh, Victoria Mikowski. And I think my biggest aha, I I remember coming out of the conference Actually, when I was at the conference, I was texting you going, you would love it here. It is my biggest aha was the entrepreneurial spirit of these folks. It's it's great to be around a bunch of entrepreneurs who are trying to grow their businesses, not just financial services. You had garage mechanics, you had home builders, you had people running a call center in the Philippines, but uh, I, I was talking to... Uh, four guys from England who were running a mortgage business. And it was just fascinating because they all need the same leadership tools. Because what I'd like to do real quickly is just connect for everyone 
EOS to what you and I have talked about in our prior broadcast, where we talked about leadership. And specifically, we used a tool called the five levels of leadership. And I'm not going to go through all of it with the listeners, but I'm going to just talk about level four, level five leadership. Because if, John, I know you know this stuff, but I'll repeat it for everyone else. But a level four leader does the first three levels, but also can mobilize a group of people around a common cause to drive a result consistently. And a level five does level four, plus they tie everything back to the bigger why, the vision, mission, and values of the organization or an individual. But most importantly, what a level five does is they develop other level four pluses. EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, is a great level four tool, okay? It's all about mobilizing a group of people to drive a result consistently. Systems, processes, it is turnkey, it's elaborate, it is down to the minutiae, and that's why Cut and Wealth Management uses it. But the secret, and I'd, if I were taking notes here, I'd write this down, the secret to being a consistent level four leader, a person who can mobilize a group of people around a common cause to drive a result consistently, the secret is do level five behavior. And that level five behavior specifically is tie everything back to the bigger why, vision, mission, and values. And John, you know this, with EOS, the first thing you do in the VTO, the vision track organizer is you talk about your 10-year target. You talk about your values. You talk about your core client. It's just like, that's what they do. They do level five behavior, which allows their level four model to work so much. And that was so neat to see that connectivity in play at the conference. And so many people who just like, they changed their lives when they started connecting back to the vision, mission, and values. Yeah, no, super well said, Ray. And um, yes, I remember you calling me from the conference and wishing I was actually there. So I think I'm going to go to the <laughs> to the next one. So, and I love your takeaway, right? And it kind of makes sense as you say it, when you think about, you know, what you teach and what we try to kind of practice here in our business, and you think about, you know, kind of becoming a level four leader, I think you're exactly right, right? The whole concept of the EOS system is it's a proven system, right, to be to be running an entrepreneurial business. And it kind of gives you a system and a process to run that, which we find really helpful. And it kind of all ties together, as you were saying. So, you know, when, when you think about, Ray, the takeaways, I know you were a speaker at the conference. Could you talk a little bit about what you were kind of talking about at the conference? Was it the five levels of leadership? Is that what you were teaching? Yeah, that was part of it. What Victoria and I talked about was how to an intentional, intentionally creating a leadership culture, intentionally creating a leadership culture. Because I'll do a little quiz with you, John. It's uh, so play play along with it. We started our presentation with a, a fill in the blank quiz. Blank eats blank for breakfast. Oh boy, culture for ten culture. for ten points. <laughs> yeah. Culture Eats Strategy for Breakfast by Peter Drucker. And what that implies is no matter how good your strategy is or how poor your strategy is, but no matter how good it is, it implies culture is the most important variable. Okay. All of us have played, um, the vast majority of us have played sports. We've all been in the, in the a leadership team meeting where we're drawing, we're coming up with a strategy and stuff like that. But every sport where the coach walks up to the whiteboard and draws the play, Every single play that they ever draw on a whiteboard always ends in what? Success. 
whether it's a first down, a touchdown, an open shot, a point scored, whatever it is, it leads to success. The exact same thing happens in business. Never does the leader go up to the board and draw up a strategy that's going to actually, they think, going to lead to failure. The difference is every one of those X's and O's that you draw on the board is a person. Okay. The other person, the O coach is drawn out a successful play and the X coach is also drawn out a play that leads to success. You know, we're going to sack you in the backfield. We're going to turn the ball over, whatever it is. Our presentation was those X's and O's are people. How do you bring the best out of those people and intentionally creating a leadership culture? And I know this is one of the things you and I have been working on really, really hard along with your leadership team is creating a supercharged leadership development factor. I think that's the competitive advantage of cut and wealth, cut and wealth management in the industry. You guys are thinking about those X's and O's every single day and how to bring the best out of them. And the way you do that is through developing leaders. And I think that's how we complemented the EOS is the same thing. EOS is a system. But the most important part of that system is the leader running the system. Just think how much better a system runs when it's got a really, really good leader. There's a reason why certain organizations, teams, and quite frankly, families win and are successful year after year after year. It's because of the leader. It's the leader. It's always the leader. And that was what our presentation was about is how important it is to intentionally create a leadership culture. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. And um, you know, it's interesting uh, for the audience' sake. So, you know, one of the things that Ray does for our organization is actually observes right some of our leaders' meetings, where we kind of go through this rock review and we go through the process of solving problems. So, it's just interesting how for those who are really starting to understand the five levels of leadership. Right. Ray talked about a level four leader and, you know, to be a level three leader, you have to actually be able to solve problems. And as we do these meetings on Monday mornings, we call them pulse meetings. We talked about this in my episode when I talked about EOS. We talked about spending time on why the advisors or the staff people or whoever it may be are struggling to meet their rocks which is just another way of saying spending time solving, right? Which is part of their process problems. So without leadership skills and the ability to influence people and ultimately help them solve the problems, it's hard to execute on anything, right? So you bring it back, Ray, to your kind of X's and O strategy. Yeah, you might have the great greatest play, but if someone doesn't know how to block or doesn't understand why they need to block, um, then ultimately, yeah, you're you're probably not going to get your four yards per play or the the touchdown that you actually right mapped out in uh, in your playbook. So completely makes sense. Uh, and I, I wasn't sure what you talked about. So I think uh, super <laughs> super uh, in align in alignment with uh, with where I think uh, think to perform could be really valuable to anybody going through the EOS system. So Ray, what were your what were your takeaways? I mean, as you sat because I know you observed some of the general sessions and I assume some breakout sessions, was there a theme or anything that kind of stood out to you, you know, as a spectator that was differentiating? Yeah, there are two big themes, two big themes for me. One, I'm going to hit on personal takeaway, and then I'm going to talk about professional takeaway. And the professional, don't leave us folks. The professional takeaway was some of the best stuff I've seen at a a conference in a decade. I 
told John um, that day it was top five keynote speech I've ever seen. Okay. Top five was by Patrick Lencioni. I'll hit on that in a second, but I want to talk about the personal takeaway for everyone as well. Gina Wookman, in his speech, he had recently written a book, probably a couple years old now, called EOS Life. Okay, how to be an entrepreneur, but also have a life. Okay, it's kind of the theme of the book. And he did a presentation, and I'll have everyone play along with me because I thought it was very valuable. I won't go through the whole thing, but I'm going to go through a part of it. And there are five key elements of living a healthy EOS life. Okay, and I'm going to ask you to score yourself on a, a scale of one to 10, one being low, 10 being high, and how you do on this. Okay, the first one is, do you love what you do? Do you truly love what you do? When you look at your, your day in, day out, what part of your job do you just love? Okay, are there elements of your job you're like, I wish I didn't have to do that? Okay, give yourself a scale one to 10, and then think about what would I have to do to, to move it up a little bit? So if you give yourself a seven, what would I have to do to, in action to move it up to an eight or nine? I personally love what I do, John. Okay, I get to work with people like yourself to help them develop a leadership culture. That's what I'm really good at, coaching people, developing these folks. So I gave myself a pretty high score. I gave myself a nine. And the reason I didn't give myself a 10 is there are elements of my job I'm still doing that I probably shouldn't do. Okay. <laughs> I could get rid of a lot of this minutia. So I wrote that as one of my action items is something I could do over the next 90 days is to get rid of some of this minutia I still handle. Quite frankly, I've just been too lazy to hand it to someone else. Second element is do you love who you work with? Okay. Whether it's your clients your team, the people around you. And I got a pretty high score because I actually really enjoy the clients I have and the people I work with. Finally, Thank goodness. I was worried what you're going to say there. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go into this for, with everyone, but one of my guiding principles is in my coaching business, as you know, is I have to like you. I do not work with idiots. That's one of my number one guiding principle. I must like the people I work with. If your name shows up on my calendar, and I get a, a knot in my stomach, I'm not working with you anymore. So that's, I've been working that way for a decade now, and it's kind of helped with that one being a really high score. But the third area, which is really interesting for the people listening in the financial services industry, I think we're really, really fortunate. The third area to living a healthy EOS life is, are you making a huge difference? Again, score one to 10. And if you're not, okay, what, can, what is an action item I could do over the next 90 days to help move that up a little bit? The fourth area of U.S. life is, am I, am I paid appropriately? It's not necessarily about making seven figures or whatever it may be. It's just, am I paid appropriately for the work that I'm doing? Scale one to 10, action item. And then finally, I, this is the one that you and I talked about the most afterwards was, do I have time for my other passions? Do I have time for my other passions? Whether it's playing golf, or spending time with your children, hobbies, whatever it may be. It's one thing to have a, a, a career that's so, if you're making a huge difference in people's lives, but if you are working 100, 120 hours a week and you don't have time to do the other things, give yourself a score of one to 10 and what things can I do 
to potentially over the next 90 days influence that. So that was my personal takeaway is make sure I was looking internal myself and make sure I have a pretty entrepreneurial business and I scored pretty high, but I saw some areas that I can make some improvements, John. And I think everyone, if you look at this, Gino's recommendations for all of you is don't try to improve them all. Pick one or two over the next 90 days. It's very much in alignment with how EOS works. Pick your big rocks and what are you going to work on? Makes a ton of sense, Ray. So you know me, I don't take a lot of notes, but I, I actually took some notes here. So so EOS life, right? The five criteria, I guess, to living the EOS life are one, love what you do. Two, love who you work with. Three, making a huge difference. Four, being compensated or paid appropriately. And five, time for other passions in your life, which is super smart. Goes back, right, Ray, to probably Woody Woofy and my favorite word, Quan. And, you know, and it's a, it's a really kind of neat way to look at things. And I, 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 we're all probably doing the same thing as we're listening. I scored myself and um, I, I, I think I actually scored pretty high on four of the five. And the fifth one, time for other passions, is probably the one that I struggle uh, most with, interestingly uh, enough. So I won't turn this into our coaching session because there are other people listening, but I, 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 I could use uh, a, little, a, little, uh, a little help with that for sure. So that was what you said was one of the big takeaways. And I think that's a really, really good one. And you know, you, it's funny, I, you know, I was going to say when you started to, to talk before, I think your opening remark was something like, you know, having entrepreneurship and balance or something like that. You said something along those lines. Uh, I should have wrote it down, but I almost said, is that even possible? Because I think that's what so many entrepreneurs struggle with, right? Is being able to kind of balance it all and be in a situation that they can, you know, spend time on personal things and their passions and choose to work only with, you know, folks that they enjoy working with, et cetera. Well, it's kind of funny that you say that. That's how Gino started his presentation, kind of with that question and as actually with that answer. And he he basically pleaded with the the crowd to say, "You deserve it." Not only is it possible, you deserve it, because a lot of people guilt themselves and they don't think it's it's they deserve to do what they love every day, make a huge difference, work with the people they love, get paid extraordinary amounts of money at the same time, have all of this extra time to do all of the things they love to do. And his point is, why not? It's just like, you deserve this. Let's just, okay. And this is back to the key part of my presentation. I'll tie it back, do it intentionally. And I think that's what Gino's EOS system, you and I've talked about this a lot is too many of us, unintentionally get out of alignment. Okay. I, I described the, the study that was done many, many moons ago that actually said in terms of long-term success on average, only 5% of it is attributable to self-discipline and motivation. That surprised me when I heard it. I thought the people that were most successful in any field were really self-discipline and motivated. They actually are, but the majority of that is, is systems. They use their self-discipline and motivation to stick to their systems. My whole thing is do it intentionally. Do it intentionally to create time for yourself. Work with the people you want to work with. Do what you love. Do it intentionally. If people all of a sudden they accident in 30, 40 years have gone by and they hate what they do and 
just like my life's blown by. You owe your to yourself to take care of yourself. You only get one of these lives, which leads me to the second big learning, which is the professional learning, John. And it kind of is connected to who you do it with. Okay. The people on your team. And Patrick Lencioni was this, the keynote speaker um, the end of the first day. And he's the one that blew it away. I, I just, I just blew me away. It was so good. His message was appropriate for anyone who's on a team or leads a team, which is the vast majority of the people listening to us. And then his delivery, I can't match his delivery. His, his delivery was a, an 11. It was so good. I would have paid money just to watch him as a comedian. He had me in tears laughing. It was, it was, his delivery was fantastic. Really? That's, that's entertaining. <laughs> I, I went, he doesn't strike me from his books as being super, uh, you know, entertaining, but I guess so. That's cool. He was on a roll. We've all uh, had situations where we've been speaking and you go, I was, on, I was on a roll. He was on a roll and he knew it. And it was just fun. It was just fun watching him do it. But let me hit on the, his presentation was all about the three stages to regenerate your team. Stage one is all about getting the right people on the bus, getting the right people on the bus, working with the people you like. Okay. And he says they have three attributes and you must have all three. And I'll go through these three attributes. And again, I encourage people to take notes because it was that good. The three attributes are humble hungry, and smart. And when he says smart, it's more about emotionally smart, emotionally competent. So let me talk about humble. We kind of all know what humble is, but that's the person who has that humility. It's not about them. They're not arrogant. Okay. It's about the team. It's about the, the uh, betterment of the organization, but they're humble and how they approach things. Okay. The second is hungry. Cut and wealth management, you guys call it grit. Okay. These people have a work ethic, a high standard for getting things done. They all take on personal responsibilities. Uh, they want more. They want the organization to get more. They're hungry. This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the influence accelerators. Proudmouth. Tired of chasing potential clients? We help you spend less time selling and more time advising by amplifying your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. Visit ProudMouth.com to learn more. Be your own loud. And finally, smart. And again, it's not about IQ. It's more about the common sense, but also how you deal with your emotions, how you deal with other people's emotions. Okay. You have to have all three. And one of the things that Lencioni did a really nice job is he described what happens when you have two out of three. For example, you're like, well, two out of three ain't bad. Well, that's a meatloaf song. And unfortunately, meatloaf passed away recently. doesn't work really well in, in terms of a teammate who's missing one of these elements. So for example, a person that is, is humble and hungry, but not emotionally smart, called these people accidental mess makers. Okay. They're trying to help the team. They're hungry. They're trying to move forward, but they're emotionally, they're off. There's the person who loses it. They're an accidental mess maker or the humble and smart person who's not very hungry. 
we like these people. They're humble. They're emotionally competent, but they're not very hungry. We call these people the lovable slackers. Okay. We, we keep them around for a while, but eventually you get tired of carrying their load. They can't be on the team. And then finally, the person who's hungry and smart, but not very humble. We call these people the skillful politicians. Okay. Skillful politicians. You need all three, folks. You need all three. Now, the thing about these three is they all can, no matter how much you have of this, you can have more of these things. You can become more humble. You can become more emotionally intelligent, emotionally competent. You can become hungrier. Okay, all of these things can be developed. And he recommended, and I love this, absolutely love this. He recommended that you do an exercise with your team where you identify your third What's your third? Okay. First and foremost, the leader always goes first. So I'll, I'll role play with you, John. You'll appreciate this. Um, smart is not an issue for me in terms of emotionally competence. Actually, one of the strengths I've had for a long time, probably key to a lot of my success. Hungry. I've always been a hungry person too. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I've always been going after the brass ring, the next level, little different things, the highest things. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. It used to be one of my highest value was achievement. Okay, so it's not a, a gap for me. But if I have a gap, as, as I just described those two things, it's, it's, I'm not always humble. So what I would ask of you um, is in the future, if you see me lack humility, I give you permission to point it out. I, I want you to. And at the flip side, if I'm showing humility and being humble, would you please point that out to me? When you do that and you go around your team and everyone identifies their third, what you've done is you've basically, you turn your peers into a coach or a mentor. The other element of this is notice how we didn't say it's one of my weaknesses. For some of the people, it is a weakness. They need to improve on this. Otherwise, they're not an ideal team player. But it's your third. Of the three is the one that I probably can improve the most. In. And you're asking for support. In a way, what happened, this is the genius of this. People are sharing a vulnerability with their peers. And then they return the favor back to them. And Lencioni wrote a book called The Five Dysfunctions of Team. And at the, at the base of effective teams is vulnerability trust. And what is happening is when you share your vulnerabilities with me and I share mine with you, okay, and we don't use it against each other, we're doing it to support each other, it builds trust, which is at the foundation of great teams. I was like, holy cow, this is really, really good. So that was one of my big epiphanies for all of us. I think we could benefit from humble, hungry, smart. What's your third? Love that, Ray. And you, you know, when I know <laughs> you and I are aligned, uh, we're on, by the way, the audience can't see video, but Ray can see my video because we've got our video on. You see the two words I circled? I don't know if you can read my handwriting, but it says trust and vulnerability. So as you tie all that together at the end, I was, my comment was going to actually be, man, that's a great way to show your followers, right? That you're being vulnerable and to build trust with them, which I know 
is one of the keys, right, to being a great leader and to building relationships with your followers, for sure. So I get why that was one of your big takeaways from the conference, because that that's uh, really, really insightful. And this helps you get the right people on the bus. If you get humble, hungry, smart, stop interviewing for a, hey, I want really intelligent people who are technically competent. Go for humble, hungry, smart, which includes emotionally competent folks. Okay. These are all the things that can be developed and you'll get better teammates. Because the second part of his presentation, John, which was also genius, it was called, it's all about the second stage of regenerating your team. After you get the right people on the bus, get them in the right seat. Getting them in the right seat is finding their working genius. Now, Lancioni's got a book coming out soon. It's not done yet. But he talked about the six types of working geniuses. I'll go through this with the group. This one, all of us have two of these. We don't have all six. We have two of these. And I want you to write the, the, the acronym widget down, widget. Okay? Because the W stands for the first working genius, the genius of wonder. These people have the natural gift of pondering the possibility of what if, okay? They're always asking why, how can we do this? How come? All of these things. They're natural thinkers of what's possible, okay? They have the genius of wonder. John, you have this. I don't, okay? (laughs) You have the genius of wonder. I've watched you do this. This is why you're such a big thinker. You're thinking all the time about this. The next genius is the genius of invention. These are the people who have the the natural gift of creating original novel ideas out of that wonder. The wonder person may be thinking about the wonder, but they go, I can see how we could do this. They have the gift of coming up with the new ideas, the new way of doing it. The next genius, the D stands for discernment, the genius of discernment. These people have the gift of intuition they instinctively evaluate the idea. Okay. They can go, Hey, that'll work. And I can see why, or that won't work. You're missing something here. They see patterns instinctively. When I described this to my wife last week, she was like, you, that's you, right? I'm a natural D I'm pretty good at it. Also the G stands for galvanizing the genius of galvanizing. These people have the gift of pulling people together, inspiring them, bringing the best out of them. I'm a G too, John. It's one of DG. I'm a DG. The E stands for an enablement, the genius of an enablement. These people have the gift of providing encouragement, helping out, assisting. They like to do help others out. They really do. They have the gift of enablement. Finally, the gift of tenacity. These people have the gift of getting it done. They are not happy until they finish the project, the task. They will not, they have to get it done. Tenacity. Now, I want the audience to do the same thing. Look at these six geniuses. Wonderment, invention, discernment, galvanizing, enablement, and tenacity. Two of these geniuses are what we call your working genius. When you're doing these activities that include this type of work, it brings you joy. It brings you energy. 
You actually don't even feel like you're working when you're doing this stuff. It's just time flies. It brings you joy. Two of these are what we call working competencies. You're good at it, but it, it doesn't bring you energy. It probably depletes your battery. It's work, but you're good at it. And I'm, John, you're thinking about it. I know you're a couple, many of these you're good at, but mm-hmm. you don't want to do them. You're at, here's the whole thing. If you get in the right seat on the bus in your working genius area, you never feel like you're working. It's joy. And there are two of these six. They're working frustrations. You actually may be good at it, but when you're doing it, it frustrates you. It drains your battery so fast. Okay. So for example, hey, Ray, um, they, Ray, Ray. Yeah. Can, can you get out of my brain, please? Stop. <laughs> stop. You're, you're like in my brain. So please stop. No, I'm kidding. Keep going. <laughs> no, this, this is what, this is why it was such a fantastic presentation by Lencioni. He was in everyone's brain. Mm-hmm. Everyone was self-assessing. Everyone was going through which one is, which one is mine. Yep. And if you go to workinggenius.com, there's an assessment, but I, I think I could do it right in my head for myself. Okay. I, I know that discernment and galvanizing are my top two. They bring me joy. When I'm galvanizing, if I'm actually figuring, helping discern an idea and stuff like that, time just flies. Okay. It brings me joy. At the same time, if I were spent with a, a think tank and all we did was sit around and wonder, I, I was just like, I, I need to get out of here. Lencioni's point is, Look at the, the true geniuses of your organization. And he, he put up these maps um, where you put everyone in your organization, picks out the two working geniuses on the left side and two working frustrations on the right side. And you start to go, wow, no wonder so-and-so is having such a challenge with their job. Is 70, 80% of their job is all about the E and the T. Okay, they don't, they're a natural WI. Okay, they wonder and they're coming up with ideas or another person who you're wanting them to come up with a new financial planning process and they're in E&T. You're like, you, or you see, hey, Evan or Eric are really, really good at getting the job done because they just follow the play. They're not challenging me all the time. You're like, yeah, they're natural ETs. It brings them joy to get it done. And you start to go, ah, can I get the people on the right seat on the bus more often? Okay. We all know there'll be parts of our jobs that will be part of all six of these, perhaps. Unless you only really made a point, and so did Gina Wickman from the stage. Both of those guys are very high in the, in the wonder and invention area. And both of them joked about the fact that they're not very good at the T. But they have people on their team that take their ideas and just ram it through. And Lencioni was funnier than heck about, you know, he's the CEO of the business. A lot of CEOs are listening to this call. John, you being one of them, you're actually on the call, but he, he's not a natural galvanizer. It's one of his chief frustrations. And he doesn't do it very well. And he, but I was the CEO and everyone says, yeah, Patrick, you need to be out in front. You need to do this. And he goes, it just drained my battery. It drained my battery. I didn't like it. I don't even think I was any good at it. And we found out Rob loved it. Rob's good at it. We put Rob out in front. And occasionally, I, he places me up there because of my who I am and my title. But he became the chief galvanizing officer, and things started getting better and better and better around here. So 
I think it's real important, again, self-assessment. When you do hungry, humble, hungry, smart, along with the six working geniuses, and you share it with your peers, again, you're, you're sharing vulnerabilities again. Yep. Yeah. Right. Su- super valuable. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I want to see if, if how, how well you know me. What would you say my two from the, the widget list are? You, you said one already, right? I think you are a, a WD or you're, you're good at a lot of things. Wonder is one of them, but you're really good at discernment too. Your ability to tear apart an idea and see patterns and stuff is uh, one of the best. That's my first guess, John. Yep. Nope. Well, A, thank you for the kind words. And B, yeah, I think I'm a WD and maybe I, I think I'm pretty good at I as well. Yeah, um, yep. would be D or I would be the next one. And uh, all the other things are pretty darn frustrating <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is the uh, is the reality of it. So interestingly enough, Ray, this morning, I was actually listening to one of Lencioni, Lencioni's podcasts. And this is what he was talking about. So I learned about this this morning, in actuality, uh, on a on one of his podcasts, which was, uh, was pretty, pretty cool. And you know, one of the things he also went on to say, is that most human beings spend most of their time being envious of someone else's ability to be good at what they're not, right. So instead of going, if it's me, I'm great with wonderment and discernment. And that's, that's my thing. And there's a lot of value in that, because it comes easy to me, right, I look at it and go, man, I wish I was a little bit better with galvanizing, you know, or tenacity or whatever it may be. And I'm like, man, so and so is really good at that. And I wish I was like that. And my my, you know, kind of strengths themselves aren't as as important as somebody else's. And it's just because what he was saying, is it just comes easy to you because that's just your natural strength and the way you've always been. And it's hard to, uh, you know, to kind of think about it differently. Does that resonate with you? Oh, absolutely. And as you're describing that, a couple of things came to mind is the first two geniuses of wonder and invention, he calls those ideation geniuses, ideation, the discernment and galvanizing or activation geniuses. And the E and the T, enablement and tenacity, are implementation geniuses. And you go back to uh, Wickman's book, Rocket Fuel, about you have your visionaries along with your integrators. I believe the visionaries are more likely to have one of the first three geniuses, the WIDs. And the the integrators are better at the GETs. Okay, They take the, the idea... And they run with it. And what happens is, and part of the challenge for all of us is initially in our businesses, we had to do them all. Okay. I think to myself, like, I was pretty good at that. I was pretty good at it. I hated it, but I was pretty good at it. In Rocket Fuel, Gina Wickman basically says, when you put a visionary with an integrator, you get magic. Okay. You get Rocket Fuel. That's what happens, it explodes. And I think one of the things that's happened at Cut and Wealth Management, Jake is better at the, the latter three than you, John, in a lot of ways. Okay. It's just, oh, yeah. it's, yes. it's not that, and it's not that they can't do the wonderment and ideation and stuff like that. It's, it just takes more of their energy. 
And I think back to the envy makes sense to me as well, because sometimes you're thinking to yourself, I want to be the galvanizer or I have to be the galvanizer and stuff like that. And I have a client who's not very good at it at all. And when he saw this, he just went, could someone else be the galvanizer for the, for the group? Does it have to be me? I really hate that part of my job. I'm like, actually, you're not very good at it. <laughs> he starts laughing. I'm like, yes, we need to find a galvanizer for your group. Ray, amazing stuff. Unfortunately, I've got to share too much value in one episode. So we, we've got to, I'm, I'm not even kidding, like too much really good stuff. We probably at some point maybe dissect these things a little bit deeper, you know, and maybe it's just me. Hopefully our listening listeners are as connected to it as I am, but man, it's like a puzzle, right? And when you yeah. actually take all these pieces together, like I just see how they all fit and you know it's how you you know how you build an amazing high growth organization and i love the way you tied together rocket fuel right and you put all these pieces together in theory by the way right it's very to me at least very easy to see how it works in practice man it's hard right it's hard finding the right people and you know going through the struggles and influencing them to you know the team to kind of come together and i think that's that thing that we call leadership if i'm not mistaken right and right. that's where leaders developing leaders becomes really important so yeah. back um, to all of those all those x's and o's are people and that's the third part of lencioni's i know we don't have time the third part of step one right people on the bus get them the right seats and then getting them to perform okay that's the leadership part that really really comes to roost couldn't couldn't agree with you more dr kelly um you could be a doctor i don't i mean i call you dr kelly but you're really not a doctor but maybe you actually are a doctor of of uh of this leadership stuff that's uh if, if that's i what... remember john it was one of your interns who named me dr kelly and i in his little thank you letter to you <laughs> that might have been doctor. where it came from yes well, i don't know if he's ordained to give you a medical degree but if if he does have or he, he or she did have that power then you are officially a doctor, my friend. So, Ray, sure. hey, as always, I don't know if you have any parting uh, remarks, but thank you for giving this time. I thought it was unbelievably valuable, and uh, I'm sure our audience agrees. So any closing thoughts, Ray? Yeah, my parting remark, which was John jokes about this, but he doesn't take notes very often, and I watched him take notes today. The next element for all of you to in increase the likelihood you do something with it is do it within 24 hours. You just take some level of action with this stuff, whether it's one of those five things, which is like, what can I go share it with one of your teammates, share it with your spouse, share it with someone. It increases you're going to do something with it. So I'll, I'll pull up there. Super well said, Ray. Hey, thanks again. And, um, you know, if you uh, want to get in touch with Ray, is it rkelly at thinktoperform.com, if I'm not mistaken? That's correct. Fantastic. So again, Ray, thanks for being a guest today. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in. I hope you found as much value uh, in Ray's remarks today as I did. Uh, and thanks for listening to another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. If you yourself or anyone you know could be a good, interesting guest, please shoot us an email or visit our website and, uh, and send us a note. So make it a great day and thanks for tuning in. 
If you are interested in learning more about how Cut & Consulting Group can help you with comprehensive coaching or partnering with CPA firms in your area, feel free to visit our website at www.cutandconsultinggroup.com or reach out to us at 855-722-9393 to have a conversation.